Hey y'all and welcome back to another episode of the Samara Neely Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy you're here. Please do me a favor and share this podcast out with your friends and family. Please also review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being here and I hope you enjoy the show. See you on the other side. And welcome to the Tamara Neely Show, where I share my life with friends around the world. I'm your host, Tamara Neely, and I'm so happy to be back here with my friend, Gavin. Gavin, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're so welcome. Who is Gavin Allstock? So I am 20 years old. I'm from Corden, Indiana. I just finished my sophomore year at Wabash College. Um, that's located in Crawfordsville, Indiana. And now I'm studying political science with minors in religion and history. Wow, that's actually yeah. really fascinating. What made you want yeah. to be a political science major? I, I've had an interest in politics for a while now, since I was in high school. I really like history classes, really like government classes. In the future, I would like to get more involved in politics. Yeah, I think you'd be good at it. I remember when, when we met last summer yeah. in D.C., we were actually taking a political course out <laughs> there at the Leadership Institute. And yeah. I remember talking to you and your friend. What was your friend's name? Uh, Will Bouch. Will Bouch. He yeah. is an incredible person. You are as well. I mean, I thought you both were just upstanding young men and you set a good example of what it means to be a young man in 2023 when yeah. i mean masculinity is under attack like never before so i admire you and we were supposed to have this interview so long ago but then i got into a car accident and i want to say i appreciate your patience through all mm -hmm. of this you mm -hmm. kept up with me even when i was not even <laughs> mentally here so <laughs> recovering and if we were to do the interview then I mean, I honestly would have been talking very slow. I wouldn't have been able to look into the camera because I had severe light sensitivity. So mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful to be here and just yeah. so thankful for your patience. No, this is this is a great opportunity. And when I met you, I could just I, I could tell your voice and your passion seems like you really wanted to go into broadcasting or the media or something like that. And and so I'm glad that you're you're starting that. I wow. Think it's awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. And thank you for believing in me and supporting me. So I want to give you an opportunity to just tell us a little bit about your life story. I know you have so many friends yeah. who are probably listening to this podcast and they know you for just Gavin. You know, they see mm -hmm. you at school. They've seen you around campus as you've played sports. Most people don't know your life story. Something unique about the Samara Neely show is I always give my guests an opportunity to say who they are and what their story is. And today is no different. What is your mm -hmm. story? I was, as far back as I can remember, about three years old, my father died. That that was early on. And I think it's really hard growing up without a father. But my, my mom was there and, and things seemed to be going okay for, for a short while. And then you know she started having a lot of, I would say, issues with, with alcohol um, after that. And so I, I moved, started living with my grandparents. They were very grateful for them to this day that they 
you know, gave me a place to live. I didn't have to go in a foster home, anything like that. And moved in with them. And right away, just, I just remember them like pushing me to be the best that I could be despite, mm -hmm. you know, the circumstance that I was in. And I worked really hard, had really good grades all, all the way throughout school. I was a wrestler, got really involved in that sport. And that kind of, that kind of was like the center of my life for a while was wrestling and great sport taught me a lot of lessons. I would say in high school, um, fast forwarding a little bit in high school, I was, I was, I was a placer in state, so I was pretty good and qualified for state uh, three times. Wow. But but what happened was, is I had a really bad draw to make it to state my junior year. Mm. And it was a it was a wrestler that I wrestled the the year prior in the state finals or I wrestled him the year prior in the third and fourth place match at state. And this time I had to wrestle him in the ticket round, which was the match to even go to state. And I lost to him and. So I didn't get to go to state that year. And I just remember on the way home, you know, being really upset, feeling like a lot of, a lot of people down. And what I did was, is, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I just knew, you know, I was going to work harder for next year and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, my grandma, I was on, I was on the bus ride um, coming home and she's like, do you ever think about getting baptized? And I think right then it wasn't right then, but it was, you know, months after that, that I really just I started going to church more. You know, I realized wrestling wasn't everything. There's more to life. And I was also, that was kind of the time I was becoming more interested in politics too. And that was one of the reasons I was going to church was political climate today and trying to get answers to the truth and being interested in that. But it was also, you know, I was going to church because I was, I was dealing with my issues. I think that kind of came together and I was, I was baptized a few years ago. Um, it was actually on my 18th birthday, which was ironic. I wasn't planning on that, but it just happened to be that day. Since then, it's, you know, it's changed my life. Committed to Wabash College to wrestle, wrestled for one year. I had a tough go at it. Um, I was doing well, but I tore my MCL on my knee. I tore my UCL on my elbow. There was a little bit of a falling out with the coaches and, and different things, but I think that was another lesson God was trying to tell me that like sports and wrestling isn't everything. And so now I'm, you know, more focused on school, more focused on caring about people, more focused on what I want to do with my life and career. And, and so learned a lot of lessons along the way. But um, at the end of the day, I'm just really grateful for a lot of people that have supported me when, when life was hard. Mm, wow. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your dad. I didn't know that. Wow. That's really yeah. hard. I definitely can understand just even though I didn't go through losing mm -hmm. my dad. My grand, my dad lost his dad at a very young age. He was yeah. about six years old and his dad passed away. And I know how hard that can be. I want to ask you, why do you think you found your identity in wrestling? Because I can mm -hmm. relate to that. Uh, I played uh, softball for about eight years and I was totally invested in the sport. People will tell you all I did was talk about softball 24-7. And then, I mean, that's all I cared about was my sport and I yeah. worked out all the time. So why do you think you, your identity was found in that? I, I said for a long time, like people would ask me why I wrestle and wrestling for me was an escape mm. and, you know, away from home, away from school. It was an escape. I loved it and I was pretty good at it, but it quickly, it quickly became 
religious in a lot of sense. And I think sports today, sports are becoming religious. For sure. I don't think it's a necessarily a crisis, but I think people do need to, to reflect on what they're doing and think about more like, what are, what are you going to do after the sport's over with? Because there is, there's more to life. It taught me a lot of lessons and I loved it. And, and I don't regret that that happened. I think it was a part of my story and a part of my plan, part of God's plan. But yeah, I think for a lot of people, sports can become really religious. And when things don't go their way in their sport, it can hurt because mm -hmm. their identity is wrapped up in that sport. It's, I don't think we're in a, I think we're in an identity crisis Yeah. and sports is definitely, there's a lot of things playing into that. Sports is one of those. Yeah, for sure. And I do think we're in an, an identity crisis and I can relate to sports being an escape because mm -hmm. my my home life was not easy, especially after my parents divorced and my mom was a single mom. She was working yeah. a lot. She'll even say this herself. She would tell me like, I'm so sorry I work so much. She did the best she could to give me the love that she could. And yeah, I understand putting everything you have into your sport because it's almost like your, out, your outlet, your expression to the world of who you are. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we find our identity in sports, when we find our identity in relationships, when we find our identity in all these things that are not God, we're making mm -hmm. those things an idol. Yeah. So we shouldn't be putting anything above God. And I have found myself at different points in my life, putting things above God and it never goes well, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Idolatry, you're talking about idolatry there. And I think it's something that I think everybody wrestles with. It's, are we in God's will? Are we not in God's will? It's hard, it's hard to understand what that means. But, you know, I've heard different pastors talk about that. And we're living this life and there's another life after this one. Yeah, for now, this is, you know, we're in the world, but we're, we're not supposed to be filled of it. And I think that's the, that's the struggle for, for everyone all Christians and, and people who are, who don't consider themselves that it's, it's still a struggle. For sure. What do you think the biggest obstacle facing college students today is? Because you're on campus every day. I'm on campus. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about Wabash. Wabash is a small liberal arts college. Um, it's not a public university. It's a private university of about um, less than 900 students. It's, I think, one of two all-male campuses in the country. A lot of people don't, a lot of people don't realize that, but it's an all male campus. So for us, my answer might be different than somebody else's, but in my perspective, I think the challenge is kind of like you said, come trying to find who you are and what, and for us, what it means to be a man. There's a lot of things that can, can pull you one way, but you have to learn that it's not, not worth it. Um, for instance, drugs or alcohol or whether it's relationships or whatever, it can make you act a certain way. But on our campus, it's finding out who you are, what your purpose is, what type of man do you want to be? And a lot of, a lot of people call us, we're the gentlemen or the brothers, especially like a lot of guys I know, they, I mean, they are, they're gentlemen, they're, they're great guys to be around. And so, but at the same time, we're all different. We're all different guys and, and it just, it's a very unique place. So how many guys go to your school? Um, it's less than 900 students. So less than 900 guys. Wow. I don't know yeah. if I've ever been to an all girls school or an all guys school yeah. before. Yeah. There, there's not many and it's, it's definitely unique. So I definitely think I would like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I'll be, I'll tell you, I, I love it because, you know, in high school, you know, you're, you're worrying about, okay, we're, can I say something in class? There's a girl sitting beside me. You know, like, 
that sort of thing. And we just, we work really hard. There's a lot of smart guys. And I think we just push each other and we make each other better. So it's just a great environment. So so yeah. it's basically yeah. like a big fraternity is what it is. <laughs> some people <laughs> might, de- some people might describe it and, and I'm not in a fraternity. Okay. Um, we have, we do have 10 nationally recognized fraternities. I'm an independent. Um, and I think it's probably about 50, 50, if I had to guess some people, you know, some people call it like a Wabash mafia on night network is huge. Um, life is definitely about not what, you know, but who, you know, for sure. And I think, and I think, uh, Wabash has definitely taught me that. So what's your biggest interest that you have? Everybody has their thing. I like to do a lot of research on relationships, dating, politics, economics. That's kind of the things that I like. And I love working out. What is your hobbies that you like? Yeah, I I guess my hobby is politics. I run a Facebook page. It's called Pinning the Truth. And what I do is I I post kind of what I I don't do what you do. I don't make podcasts or anything like that. But I'll write I'll write something motivational or something that I find that's true. And I really like doing that. It's called Pinning the Truth. Yeah, I'm interested in the truth. I'm, you know, I think that's drives a lot of things. What people I find it fascinating that what you think is true and what I think are true seems to be conflicting. How can we how can we negotiate even though we we believe different things? And is there an absolute truth? And so that that page kind of like when I'm not doing school, I'll write on that. So follow Dude. him at Pin the Truth on Facebook. I want to talk to you about what truth is, because right mm-hmm. now we're living in a society where truth is either subjective or it's objective. I think that there has to be an objective truth. There has to be truth that doesn't change no matter who the person is, what their gender is, what their color is. There needs to be a truth that mm-hmm. we look to. And I want to know what is your perspective on truth and why do you think in today's day and age we're living in a society where truth is now bendable what you did at the beginning of this podcast when i talked a little bit about my story is probably the best way to answer this question stories are so important i think right now conservatives especially they're we're not telling the the story that that we should be telling and we're, we're telling a weak story we need to be telling more of a story about about jesus christ you know we need to take more of that stand truth fundamentally does start with what will you do with jesus i don't think it's unique to this time though many years ago and looking back at history i think People have always been struggling to know what truth is. I don't think it's new to our culture. I think it's changed between then and now, like different things that we stress in a society, in our society. But I think it ultimately comes down to what will we do with Jesus in our culture today? How are we going to live our lives with with that truth? I think you make a good point because I took a history class last summer. And it's so funny that we bring up history. Yeah. And yeah. we learned about Greek and Roman history and how it influenced the direction of the United States. And oh, yeah. like you said, there's nothing new under the sun. There's always there are always these problems going on and we're always looking for solutions to those problems. I think yeah. what happens is, is that people start to find the solution in themselves Mm. And not in something bigger than them. I'm more so like, okay, I need to look at some something bigger than me, which mm-hmm. is God. He's been mm-hmm. there since the very beginning of time. Mm-hmm. When I read The Conservative Heart, which is a series we're in right now, it's called A Conservative Heart Series. And 
this segment is about faith, I begin to understand how people perceive the world and what they look to because in the book, mm-hmm. Arthur C. Brooke interviewed people from all different faiths. When he was doing that, he explained that people are all looking for a central truth idea, but some people are doing it in different ways. Through that book, I did gain another level of understanding. And I also became more clear about what I believe in, which yeah, I yeah. believe that Jesus is the truth. I believe in John 14, 6. I believe that he says when he is the way, the truth, and the light, he really is. So I think that in a world where truth is now subjective, people are now more anxious than ever. They're more depressed. They're more worried and stressed because they are trying to find solutions to problems that they don't even completely understand. Yeah. And so I think especially right now, masculinity is under attack. People thinking that they are women and they're men. And my heart does go out to people like that because I know that there's so much mental illness going on. And I think the government has been a big part of this because Mm -hmm. when COVID happened, people were in their house. They had so much free time. And I really believe that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. And so when people have yes. so much yep. free time, if you're not grounded in the truth, then you're going to find something to get into. <laughs> so I do have yep. compassion for people who go through mental illness and go through yep. things and they don't understand why they're going through those things. But I want to say, what is some advice you would give to young men today who are trying to figure out their identity as a man? Because oh, you didn't grow up with a father. You did mm-hmm. grow up with your grandfather and mm-hmm. he was able to give you a lot of direction. What are some advice that you learned from him that you can give other people? Respect is a big thing. Respecting your elders. You might not agree with them all the time, but if you but if you show some respect and humility, I think that is is part of what it means to be a man. There's other fruits of the spirit, I think, that are important. Uh, kindness and and so on. It doesn't mean to be a pushover. Definitely, like for me, it has been it has been leaning into the word. Uh, you know, I've had to grow up. I've had to be humble. I've had to. It, it's definitely a process, yeah. right? And my story is still developing. What it means to be a man is is still, you know, that's 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 still going to be a question for me. But mm-hmm. as long as I'm thinking about that, I'm trying to improve. Um, hopefully, respect people along the way. Do unto others what you would wish them do unto you. Yeah, there's that. It's actually interesting. We had a we had a talk at Wabash about um, it was from a, a Catholic priest about masculinity today and how it's under attack. And it, it's, it's sad because I think we have to give grace to people they need it. Give give grace to them. Men make mistakes. I make yeah. mistakes. And that's part of it. But it's it's not because I'm necessarily just a man. It's because I'm a deeply flawed human. I'm, I'm a sinner. But that means we give grace. It's sad that people just point the p- uh, finger that that's toxic masculinity or men are very expendable. And I think for other people, give grace to somebody. That might be a better, that might help them learn what it means to be a man rather than just discipline them in a harsh way. I think that's really good advice. I'm learning this as a young lady. Grace is such an important part of being 
a young lady and showing up in the world in a generous mm -hmm. way, understanding that people are human and people are people. And that's why I love that Simon Atiba came on and talked about humility. He said that mm -hmm. that was the number one thing he learned from the White House. We're in a society right now where you have women saying they don't need a man. They can do everything a man can do. People are buying into modern feminism. What advice would you give young ladies on the marketplace, the dating marketplace, should I say? Because I think about a lot of things in mar in terms of market yeah. because I'm an econ yeah. student. What advice okay. would you give them? We will definitely live in, I like your question because I think we do live in a, in a consumerism, a consumerism culture. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting way to put it. Get your act together. Love it. You know, I'm just I, maybe that's the wrestler, <laughs> maybe, but, but get get your get your act together before you go looking for somebody. Oh, um, claps to that. Go ahead. So, but I had a friend at Wabash. Um, he's a senior this year, and there was a bunch of young women that were on campus one day. Girls do come quite frequent. A lot of people I'll get that question is like, "Are women ever at your campus?" I'm like, "Yes, they're they're there a lot." But basically, they were there, and they're from IU and he um, Indiana University. And he goes, "Why why are you guys here? You don't have like there's there's guys that." at Indiana and she goes the best compliment a Wabash guy's probably ever got and he goes because here you guys are like husband material mm -hmm. and wow. it was just and it's just a huge compliment to Wabash and and the brotherhood itself because I think women should yeah like I said get their act together that's first off know what they want don't fall for the hookup culture also surround yourself with guys who you know want to better themselves and I think you'll be much happier that's a great response I do think that as ladies we live in a society that's telling us that we're perfect the way we are. You don't see mm -hmm. a lot of women getting critiqued by men or by anybody because our society has been built to cater to women and their emotions. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that that has become, I hate to use this word because I don't like using this word, but if you want to call anything toxic, that mm -hmm. can be a little toxic because I think that at the end of the day, we're all flawed and there's always room for improvement. That is yeah. why when I was a sophomore in college, I was like, okay, I want to get my life together. Like you said, let me figure out where I am. Let me enroll yeah. myself into some personal therapy. Let me mm -hmm. lose some weight. Let me mm -hmm. get my appearance right so that I can get the type of man that I want. And so I think that's some advice that a lot of women don't like to hear, but sometimes mm -hmm. we have to hear the hard reality. And I'm so grateful for the men in my life who have been honest with me and who have loved me enough mm -hmm. to tell me, hey, this is an area where you can improve. And I'm telling you this because I love you. It's nice to hear from a young man's perspective what you think women need to improve on because... I am in the dating market and by the grace of God, I've been able to attract some nice potential suitors and my friends see that and yeah. they're just like, how do you get these guys, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I just one try to be feminine <laughs> as much as I can just be myself, you know, yeah. live the softer lifestyle as far as just go with the flow, be a dancer at heart, meaning just be at like men want women who can be just light, you know, like lighthearted and enjoy life and not mm -hmm. like super aggressive. And, you know, the liberal kind that you see on TV who are just going yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. That's not what people men are looking for, at least the type of men no. that most women want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well said. And I think, I guess, I guess my advice to you is, you know, it'll, it'll come into your life probably when you least expect it. That's what everybody um, says. So, so it, it will. And falling in love, I'll just say this about it. It's 
it's very like you can't it's it's such a great feeling but it's also really scary at the same same time i think uh, i remember like following jesus it, it's falling for jesus so to speak it's it's really scary but it's such a beautiful feeling and it's it's one that i think this culture needs i know less people are getting married divorce rates are higher i don't think that helps the family breakdown that we're seeing right now so for sure i mean it doesn't yeah. we need the family unit more than ever mm -hmm. before we need people yeah. building families and that's why even though i came from a divorce home and thankfully my parents were able to sit down with me and really help me through that process and i was able to get oh, yeah. therapy almost immediately after their divorce happened and then as i became an adult they were like okay we want to have a conversation with you we want you to be prepared mm -hmm. for life we want you to win so we're going to talk to you about our relationship and what didn't go right so that you can be better and i do have a stepmom now so it's just like i have those resources around me to be able to learn from the mistakes of the past and create a better future and Thank you. And so mm -hmm. I will say to all the young ladies out there and young men who do come from broken homes, because so many people do, and it's becoming an increasingly large number, I would say don't give up on love. Don't give up on don't give up on family mm -hmm. because you didn't have that that family that you wanted. I live by this quote that says the family you create is more important than the family you come from. Oh, great quote. Yeah. And that is something that I try to live by because sometimes I'm just like, well, I can't change the past this and that, but I know what I can focus on. And that's what's yeah. in front of me. That's where yeah. I can focus on who I am now and how I want to better myself so that I can be the best version of myself when I do become a wife, when I do mm -hmm. become a mom. I think also making sure that people are taking life seriously is something that I'm not seeing enough of. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about the long term. They say they yeah. want to be a wife. They say they want to be a husband, but they're not making husband or wife decisions today. And the decisions you make today affect you tomorrow. I think part of what you see, like you said, they're not thinking long term. I just I don't think they're living life to the fullest. Mm. And it's kind of a paradox, but it's it turns out that freedom with constraints and this is what makes me conservative. Freedom with some constraints sometimes is, is actually more fulfilling than without the constraints, because at the end of the day, there, there's consequences to your actions. Mm. There just are anything you do. And so it's really good to have those set of values, biblical values, God, God's morals and standards that that can guide your life and can make you want to be a better wife, a better husband, um, a better all around person. And that's so much more fulfilling because, you know, you're in God's will. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people are out there kind of throwing punches at the wind and give grace to those people. Yeah. We think we're a lot we're a lot more similar than we are different. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not picking a bone at the media, but I think it's easier. And maybe this is a good advice for you. It's it's easier to spot the differences. It's easier. I do that. Um, it's easier to, oh, this is out of place, you know, because we're very perfectionist. Um, but it, it's a lot harder to realize we got a lot more in common than we thought. Yeah. And so you have to try to balance, like I said, you have to negotiate that. You have to negotiate those, those, those differences with those similarities and, and just love life, you know, yes. and some, some people, you know, some people get wrapped up in their problems, right? My story has been littered with problems, but I'm also so thankful. I mean, I've had, I've had tremendous mentors um, right now. My, you know, my mom's 
my mom's working a full-time job and wow, you know trying trying to get back on her feet and I'm going to college to first generation student and I've had a lot of success and I'm just thankful that you know sometimes you just throw up your hands and just be grateful but 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 you got to we got to give credit to where it's due and that you know that's that that is God sometimes we forget that for sure. I mean, and that's so true. Technically, I'm a first generation college student, registered first generation okay. college student as well. Even though when I was signing up for college, I either forgot or didn't know. I can't remember. It's been a long time now. But my grand my my dad's dad, my granddad was mm-hmm. actually a mathematician. Oh. So he was a teacher. And I, I had no idea. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So one day my family happened to be watching the video of me like saying, you know, the video that went viral a couple years ago. They were just like, you're not a first generation college student, Tamara. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I registered as first generation. It's like you should have told me that sooner. Exactly. But I am still very proud of that because, I mean, yeah, my granddad awesome. passed away before. I was born. So, I mean, to see, just to see somebody like you who has gone through so many obstacles and has faced every single challenge, it's amazing. A quote that I came up with is, I'll face every single challenge and overcome every single obstacle. And I feel like that's exactly what you've done because life Mm -hmm. is not easy. And at the end of the day, we're all dealt the cards that were dealt. We can't Mm -hmm. change those cards. And so many times in life, I see people who pity themselves so much to the point where they start thinking that they're a victim of a system or they're a victim of this or a victim of that. And my thing is, is you get to choose if you're going to be a victim or if you're going to be a victor, because Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all had our set of challenges and we've all faced life. Mm-hmm. But it's about the choices we make. Yeah. And just realizing that for me, a big thing was just realizing this is humbling and truthful at the same time was realizing that God is like all these challenges. Like I did them, but God was right there with me the entire time. And when I realized that, that's when I changed. I think that's definitely a big part of it. It's not, it's not easy. Like you said, I'll even poke the, poke the bear at Christian pastors. I think, I think sometimes they think they got it all figured out. God says, no, I have a different plan. I encourage whether it's pastors or your family, whoever you're talking to, to realize like it's just that constant. We have to constantly humble ourselves and realize we, sure. we don't we don't have it figured out. We you might know. we might know we might know some things and God's going to point us in our direction. But I, I think the better message to tell people a better story is that we're not in control, that God does give us choices to make. Mm. I think that's really something that I'm working on personally is Mm -hmm. realizing that I'm not in control because at times Mm -hmm. I want to feel like I'm in control, which (laughs) is something I think a lot of people want to feel too. It's just like you want to feel like you have control over your life because you are an independent person, you know, who is a free thinker and you you know, who's American, yeah. who's American who yeah. can do all these great things. And so I'm in a place in my life where I'm just like, I don't know. I've always said I want to be a political commentator. I want to do mm-hmm. this. I want to do that. But I'm in a place where I'm just like, Lord, have your way. What do you want for me? Mm-hmm. Right now, God has me doing this podcast and it's not a political podcast, even though I talk about politics sometimes. This is a mm-hmm. lifestyle podcast which is yeah. so much different than I ever thought I was 
would do. I never thought I would do something like this. I thought if I'm going to do something, it's going to be politics. Yeah. But God was like, hold up. Let's let's talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. I want you to do it this way. And so mm-hmm. I was like, OK, I'm going to go by the leading of the Lord. As my aunt mm-hmm. always says, whatever you do, go by the leading of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. exactly what I decided to do. Well, I like your I really like this podcast because you you have me on it. And then you have Simon Atiba or, you know, whoever else. And it's such such a great thing to have different perspectives, different ages, different, just everything. Being able to humble yourself to have different people is really great. So. Wow. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. And I want yeah. to say thank you for being on. We have talked a good 45 minutes and mm-hmm. I appreciate every single minute of it. And I've learned yeah. so much from you. And I appreciate the advice you gave to young ladies, young men. And just to everybody, because we're all trying to figure out this thing called life. None of us yeah. <laughs> have it figured out. I mean, every single day I'm learning something new. You know what I mean? Well, that's great. If As long as you want to keep trying to figure out what life is, God, God will show you. Amen. We have about a minute left, and I'm going to give you this last minute to have a final heart-to-heart with all the listeners, I'm going to start mm. doing this on the podcast because you follow me on Instagram. So you probably have seen me kind of do life mm-hmm. updates and do little heart to hearts every now and then. And so now I want to bring that to the podcast and give my guests an opportunity to have a heart to heart with all the listeners from different backgrounds and say whatever comes to mind. I guess just something we didn't cover was, um, so I, I'm, I'm in the college Republicans club and um, it's more than that though, right? We have guys that are Christians in it. We have guys that, you know, are, it's a, it's a, to make friendships and whatever. I started that club with probably six or eight guys. At the end of this year, we had about 30, over 30 guys at the last meeting. And, and I, that's how I knew that, you know, God was pointing me in that direction. Um, since I, since I quit wrestling, which is a really hard thing for me to do because I've done it for so long, but I've had these injuries, I've had different things. And, and so I said, you know, I want to make this club better. Um, and I just want to say that, like, it's been a really awesome experience for me because we've had judges, we've had legislative assistants, um, political staffers, we've had mayors, um, Wabash graduates, just different people come in to talk and to hear them. And I've learned so much from them. And I think it's kind of like the show um, in a way where we can learn from anybody and um, and we can make connections to different people and you don't know how God can use them, which is such a it's such a beautiful thing. So I'm just I'm really grateful um, that Tamara's doing this. I'm really grateful to lead a club like that that has grown um, to just make those connections and, um, learn, learn new things. Um, so yeah, thank you. You are so welcome, Kevin. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the Tamara Neely show. Before we leave, I want to do something. I'm going to go by the leading of the Lord on this. I just want to pray for our listeners. I think that so many college students are trying to find their way and, They really don't know what to do because they're in a place where they're like, they are trying to figure out who they are. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like the spirit is telling me to give you an opportunity to pray for everybody and pray that God guide them in the right direction. Because one thing about this podcast is there's no judgment here. 
You know, mm -hmm. everybody is at different places. If you're one of those people who have been hooking up with people, just know that you don't have to be that person after this podcast. If you are one of those people who, Amen. you know, maybe don't know that you're uh, what your gender is, you don't have to be that person after you listen to this podcast. God can change your heart right now if you're willing to open it. So I just want to give um, Gavin an opportunity to close us in prayer and give people an opportunity to know the Lord. You mm -hmm. know the ins and outs of this, and people need to hear the truth now more than ever. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that um, you use this prayer to, to touch somebody's life that needs it. Um, you are the, your son is the way, the truth, and the life, and, and we're so grateful that that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to save us from our sins and that we can be changed and we, we can be transformed um, in your spirit. And we might not have all the answers, but, you know, we know you're working. We know you're in our life, whether it's at school and politics, at the workplace, um, in a relationship, you're always working. And um, you will guide us in the direction that you want. And we're so grateful for that. And we may be in a war right now. Um, and and we've been in one for quite some time. But I think we, we know how this thing ends. And um, I'm just so grateful for that. And so grateful for you. So grateful that you're going to show us a victory, Lord. Um, I just pray that you provide wisdom for us and courage for us as we go out into those places um, to impact people's lives make change happen in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you so much gavin god bless you oh thank you so much tamara thanks for having me it's awesome <laughs> thank you see you soon